this is the Premier League football fans talk, and this is Mac, and this is the man, the legend, uh, and the co-host, Carlos. Welcome. How are you? How are you, Mac? Everything's fine over here. Nice to be back. Yes, nice to be back. You know, we, we've, uh, we were back and we're doing what we love. And we're going to talk specifically about the Premier League. I mean, look, uh, before the Premier League even starts, we've got, it's June now, uh, next month, pre-season games. And then before we know it, end of July, start of August, we're, we're back in it. And it's going to be a weird season, isn't it, Carlos? Because we've got November, we've got World Cup. What? Yeah, well, teams have gone back training now. Yeah. Uh, Manchester United went back yesterday and uh, some of the teams have started this week as well. And uh, that's the way it has to be because, as you say, with the World Cup coming up in November, end of November and most of December, then there's going to uh, be an interruption to all the European leagues. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you have to get some matches in early. <laughs> and I think the league starts, um, well, the first week in August, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah which is not usually the case so um yeah it's going to be a very strange season and that's why we're seeing so many signings being made very early yeah no and that's that's a good, good point to start we're going to talk today about transfers um first game of the season is actually funny enough my team arsenal so i'm arsenal carlos is fulham um, and hopefully we, we both we both make it to a Fulham game with Arsenal, hopefully, <laughs> in the season to come. I think the game's in March or something like that. But whatever it is, we'll, we'll definitely get together. But the first match of the season is on a Friday night. It's Crystal Palace at home against Arsenal. So um, that's going to be interesting. So we, we're one of the, well, we're the first game on. Um, and then it goes on from there. But look, we got, we're going to talk about loads of things throughout the season. We're going to talk about, obviously, now we're going to talk about transfers. We're going to talk about things throughout the season. And it's a long season. Obviously, with cutting with the World Cup and how that affects everything and going through some of the World Cup highlights from the Premier League players all the way through to next spring. And then we'll talk again through the summer about transfers and all the rest of it that's going on. Um, so, look, it's transfer time and it's a good time to talk about um, this team here. Um, Liverpool, they are, uh, are bringing in... So, bringing in... Uh, and the, this guy, and Man City have brought in this guy, Haaland. So Haaland has come in um, to Man City. Nunes has come to Liverpool. Teams who came first and second the last few years, really, they've only swapped between the two of them. Man City have won two out of the three years. Liverpool obviously won once. Um, first time in, I don't know, 30 years or whatever, uh, maybe longer. Um, but they brought in some incredible players, okay? So let's before we get into uh, Nunes, who I know you is a special place in your heart, let's talk about Haaland, uh, Erlen Haaland coming in. He's born in Leeds, I've heard that, and he's 21, but um, grew up in uh, Germany and, and other places, and he went to Dortmund, um, and that's where he really made his name, supposedly, and we've talked about this a lot, one of the best players in the world, apparently. <laughs> and he's come to Man City. We knew he was going to come over there or Real Madrid, uh, you know, I mean, and with a big price tag. So, well, firstly, uh, for me personally, as a, as a neutral, I think it's exciting that we've, we're attracting and we've always been attracting, for the most part, the Premier League, some of the best players in the world. So, it's great that we've got an incredible young, the youngsters, probably one of the best South American players, one of the best European players, 
joining the Premier League. So, first of all, what do you think about Haaland joining Man City? And what can he bring to the Premier League? Well, you know, I I have a, a, a kind of a special affection for uh, Haaland. Or apparently, as it's meant to be said, Holland. Uh, <laughs> but, um, but everyone will say Haaland. And I'll tell you why. Um, I watched uh, a European under-19 tournament a few years ago. Hmm. And I saw Norway play. And at the end of the game, I called a friend and I said, I saw this centre forward playing for Norway. He was 17 at the time. And I said, he's going to be a big star. I said, if I was uh, responsible for uh, recruitment at any European club, I would get my hands on this guy now. Right. And uh, he was at Molde then in uh, Norway. And then he went to Salzburg. And uh, after that, he went to Dortmund. Well, uh, he proved to be... Uh, one of the best goal scorers, if not the best goal scorer around at the moment. Mm. Uh, a monster of a player who's not short of skill. Just mm. because he's big and powerful, people mm. often think that uh, players don't have the skill. But he's got everything. He really does have all the equipment. And, um, and I think Manchester City have done a deal that will make them probably untouchable this season. Mm. Yeah, because you think about it, uh, the, the season before they tried to get Harry Kane and we know what Levy's like. And, um, you know, I think personally that Haaland, youngster, 21, as I've just said, uh, he's, not, he's not like in his uh, wrong side of 20, early 30s. Uh, okay, he hasn't played in the Premier League, but he's a proven goal scorer, big, powerful, that kind of Drogba kind of mentality of just like, no one's going to mess with me. Um, it's going to be incredible for Man City. So in in what way do you think they're going to make a difference? You call them untouchable. Do you think that uh, they've, they haven't played with a proper strike for a while? Obviously, Aguero was in and out of the team and left. But what what's the difference between him and Aguero, for example? Obviously, Aguero is incredible and one of the legends of the game. Well, they're two completely different uh, centre-forwards. Um, Aguero was obviously more skillful, nippy, mm. a player who could uh, do things in, sh in, in, small, in, in, in small spaces. Mm. Um, he could dribble in, in small areas. Uh, he could give a good pass. Uh, he was more of a, a footballer, say, um, uh, with the ability of an attacking midfielder, but playing as a centre forward. Um, he wasn't going to get too many headed goals because of his size, um, yeah. but he was uh, not only skillful, but also intelligent. Whereas um, Haaland is uh, an actual striker. Uh, although he can, and we've seen this at Dortmund, uh, make runs from the halfway line, from very far, carrying the ball, beating men, not through dribbling skills, but through power and pace, and uh, he can get goals just created by himself. But uh, added to that, he will give power in the penalty area. He will give Manchester City an advantage in the penalty area that they, that they have not had for a long mm. time. We've seen Manchester City in some games that have not been going their way put mm. over a few crosses. And I've wondered, who are you crossing to? Because yeah, they haven't had a centre forward for ages. Uh, I've never liked teams that play without centre-forwards. Yeah. I think it's difficult to Great. do well without a centre-forward. 
Manchester City have managed to win the Premier League, but they've not managed to win the Champions League. And yeah. I think probably with a centre forward, that could have been a different story. And I think now that story has changed because they have a man who you can, when you're struggling, put the ball over to and he'll create a goal out of nothing. He'll beat uh, players up in the air. He'll he'll hustle players. He'll, he'll push them out of the way um, to get there first. And he'll score... Not only will he score good goals and, and um, uh, good goals to watch, uh, but he'll get the ugly goals as well, which is very important. Very often, it's the ugly goals that win you the matches. Yeah, 100%. And I, and I agree with that. I mean, other teams have done it before, thrown on the big man um, in the last few minutes. But he's the kind of, because he's young, strong, fit, He's the kind of guy that you could do it throughout the whole game. You don't need to just throw him on at a half time, whatever. He just you know he's gonna do great. And I agree with you. I think, you know, they've done the Premier League. They've been pining for the Champions League. He's the man to hopefully get them there. Um, you know, it's because they've been asking for it for or, or knocking on the door for a while. But let's move on. Look. We, we let's talk to the guy we really want to talk about, Darwin Nunes. Uh, I, I probably have said that wrong. Uh, gone to Liverpool, obviously a legend of the sport, won countless European footballs, uh, uh, Champions Leagues and whatever it's called before. Obviously won the league once on Premier League, only once. But they've uh, been up there and always been losing by one point, two point. They hardly ever lose a game all season. Um, they've lost Sadio Mane, who felt it was time to leave. Um, so one of the three pronged attacks and brought in this youngster uh 23 started at your academy Peñol, your team i looked up he started their youth academy and here he is um we know he comes with a massive pedigree one of the best young players in the world one of the best south american players in the world and from uruguay so um which obviously is a, a legendary country with football history so um tell us about this guy because obviously he's uh, one of your country one of your kin the first time i saw him was uh, at a south american under 20 championship and um to be honest he had a a, a terrible time Okay. He missed so many chances. I remember seeing him and I thought, well, this guy, um, you know, <laughs> he's going to struggle to make it. Then uh, when the championship was over, uh, which qualified Uruguay to the World Cup, the under 20 World Cup. Um, before then, he he played for Peñarol for the first team and he started scoring and that gave him confidence. All he was lacking was confidence because he made the runs. He's fast. He's a hard worker. He is very similar to Cavani in the sense that he can play on the wing, wow. but get himself in the penalty area when needed to finish off moves. He's a hard worker. You'll find him uh, trying to win the ball back in defense. Um, and then at the World Cup, he scored some outrageous goals. Really fantastic. And he hasn't looked back since. Uh, he went to Almeria in the Spanish second division where he scored goals. And from there he went to, to Benfica. It was at Benfica where he really exploded. Yeah. And um, uh, I think everyone has now seen the type of player that he is, the potential he has, uh, the number of goals he can get, and that will only get better. And especially in a team like Liverpool, whose attack next season will be Salah on the right, Nunez uh, down the middle and Luis Diaz on the left. Jota will have to either fight for a place with uh, 
with uh, Diaz, or if Nunez takes a bit of time to settle in, maybe he'll he'll play uh, in the centre forward role in place of Nunez. They'll share the time there. But I do think that uh, Nunez is the kind of player who will not need time to adapt. I think he's going to hit the ground running, and he's going to do brilliantly. Yeah, and we thought well, there was a time when maybe people thought, oh. South Americans take time to settle in the rest of it, but that's the, that's definitely not the case anymore. And I think everyone's playing the same kind of football these days as well. To be fair, uh, just maybe a little bit more pressure on the ball in in, uh, in the Premier League. But everyone we've seen has come in of recently, of late, has all come in, hit the ground running straight away, and had no issues really. Um, you know, adapting to the Premier League. Yes, the weather's not great, and it's a long winter, but overall. The kind of football that's played is, is pretty much the same. And uh, we expect great things. So, a couple of questions. Is he an upgrade from Sadio Mane? Um, he's a different player, plays in a different position. Uh, so, I, I wouldn't like to compare them like for like. But um, if you look at the age, then you would say that Liverpool are um, ha have won in this uh, exchange because uh, they're getting a, a younger player who will get probably more goals than Mane. Um, I think he's a long-term uh, prospect. They've signed him uh, for the next five years or so. Uh, that's the plan, to keep him for about five years. And, um, and yes, I do think, where would Mane be, say, in three years' time? Yeah. Um, we don't know, but there's a greater possibility that Nunez will be at the top of his game. Uh, than Mane in three years' time. Um, yes, I think also that Liverpool needed a change in yeah. their attack because it's been the same attack for a while. Yeah, uh, with Firmino there as well. Diaz is yeah. the only change. Well, Jota came in, but he was in and out. But basically, it's been the same attack for a few years. So um, you know, if you want to um, gain the upper hand. And uh, and surprise opponents, and uh, and not allow opponents to be ready for you. You have to bring in changes, and that's what Liverpool have done. Yeah, and the top three do it every single year, no matter what. And that's why they stay at the top because they always freshen up. And they always get a marquee player. Obviously, he's the marquee player, and they usually do their business. Well, some of them do a bit late, but overall, because they've got the spending power, they do it. You know, well before. The preseason starts. So um, yeah, marquee players. Final question on this because obviously we, we we can't wait to see them play. To be honest, what we, who's got the edge, Liverpool or Man City in the circumstances for the league? We know trophies, you know, maybe chair between them, even the Champions League. But for the for the league coming up for this season, who's got the edge? Well, I think Man City have been the better team over the last few years. Um, and I think that the Haaland signing is going to make sure they remain ahead of Liverpool. Um, even if Nunez ends up doing better than Haaland, the thing is that Liverpool were already behind Man City. Mm. And Man City have signed what they had missing. Mm. They, they signed what they needed in order to make them a much better team. See, Nunez... Uh, will not make Liverpool a much better team because they weren't really lacking in that department, no. whereas Man City were. So I think uh, this signing is going to put Manchester City 
too far ahead of everyone else. Yeah, and I have to agree with you on that. I think Man City, we, we know it's been talked about for years about the fact that they've been, uh, they needed an out and out strike. When Aguero obviously started to obviously is, have his issues and get a bit older, um, it was it was obvious that things need to change. But look, they're the two marquee players. And we, we, you know, we've talked in length about them. I think we should rattle through quickly some of these players. Some of them we're just going to even touch on. Okay, so Sterling to Chelsea. What's your thoughts on that? Um, I don't understand why Chelsea want Sterling, to be honest. I was listening to the radio this morning and uh, people were saying that um, if they can get their hands on him for 50 million, then they should uh, uh, they should go for it. But to be honest, I... If I look at what Chelsea were were and have been for the last few years, mm. I ask myself, what is Sterling going to add? I've never really yeah. been a fan of Sterling, as you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, I think that his good form goes in short bursts. Yes. Uh, and and after that short burst of good form, he goes back to mediocrity. And it takes quite a long time. The bursts of mediocrity <laughs> last longer <laughs> than the bursts of quality. Um, uh, no, I, I, I wouldn't really go for him if I was uh, responsible for recruitment. Yeah, Chelsea. and it's, it's for me. And we're going to talk a bit about this with Chelsea. Chelsea obviously got new owners um, and the American. And I, I don't know who they've they've lost two key people. I mean, well, I don't know if they've been sacked or been led to resign. Two key people in the recruitment drive, and it feels all a bit kind of let's grab a marquee player to me. You're right about Sterling. I mean, well, we we obviously know where Pep stands and all this. And um, I, I see, like I said, he goes off the ball very quickly. Then he comes back in, but it takes him ages to warm up. Um, so it's very bizarre move for him, especially since Lukaku's off. Um, I don't think that he's the kind of guy who's going to fill that gap. They need an out-and-out striker who's going to do the job. And they've lost several people at the back. Obviously, we know uh, that the, you know the, their captain, uh, one of their key players throughout all the years, is gone. You know, so these are the key errors. So Sterling seems a bizarre buy to me, but we'll see what happens. They're prepared to spend, you know, like I said, fifty million or whatever on him, but. You know, I'm sure he'll do it because he knows he go to Champions League, whatever. But I find it bizarre, very bizarre. Um, but look, let's move on. Um, Richarlison, he's going Spurs or Chelsea at the moment. Again, Chelsea. What are they going to do with Richarlison? Spurs? Okay, fine. I get where they're coming from. Obviously, Richarlison wants to leave. He doesn't want to be involved in the relegation battle again. Um, a hugely overrated player, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I, I've never really... Uh, being captured by him. Uh, I followed him since he started. And I think he's um, he's just not what uh, the media have built him up to be. Uh, he's played for Brazil, and I don't really understand why. Um, <laughs> his goal-scoring figures are not that great. Okay, he hasn't played in England for a, a top side. Um but he misses chances. And one of the problems that Richardson has, and I think this happens to other players, and when it happens, I think it's a, a huge drawback, and that is that he thinks he's so much better than he really is. Yeah. If you listen to him, he thinks he's the bee's knees. 
Mm-hmm. And um, you need to be uh, critical of yourself. You need self-criticism in order to get better. Mm-hmm. If you're so content with what you do, then you're not going to improve, are you? No. And I think no. that's where he stands. I can't see him improving Chelsea or Spurs. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, 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 all I, all the thing, the thing that sticks in my head when I think about Richarlison is Mona. All he does is moan, banging the ground, getting in people's faces, handbags at dawn. It's just all nonsense. How about play some football and play it well and score a few goals? Um, you know, he was there for Everton going down nearly. He was lucky that they stayed up. But I mean, it was, it, even the last game, he just switched. I just, I don't get him. I don't understand why even we were looking at him. Thank God we, we, we're not interested in him anymore. But if Spurs want him, they can have him. Chelsea want him again. It's that, like I said earlier, it's that trying to get that marquee player for just, mm. bec- just to have a name. But him himself, he's a very poor player. I would say he's about his level staying at Everton. But if people think that he's something, then they're going to obviously come to, down to earth with a big bump because... Everton not going to let him go for anything, are they? Um, I, just, I mean, Everton struggled anyway, and they've lost some players anyway. I mean, surely um, this is a, a bad move for them because realistically for Everton, just quickly touch on Everton, they lose someone like that. Fair enough, he's inconsistent, but at least he does score once in a while. I mean, aren't they looking down the barrel of another relegation fight? Um, very possibly. It depends on what they do in the transfer market. Um, They've been quiet. So if, far. Yeah, th- th- exactly. Exactly. And that's what makes one suspect that uh, they will struggle. I don't think they will go down. I think they'll avoid a relegation battle, I think. But uh, you can't tell. You never know. Mm. Uh, they do need to bring a couple of players in. Um, mm. Okay, Lampard has had or will have more time to work with his players, also to work without stress, um, which obviously was a factor uh, in the second half of the season because they were struggling. So um, they're going to start from scratch, and maybe maybe he'll get the team ticking. Um, but but they do need more players. Yeah, They need better players, not just more, but they need better players. Yeah, 100%, 100%. And I agree. But look, let's move on. Uh, and we'll see how the Richardson thing pans out. I mean, good luck to whoever gets him. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. But look, um, this guy's been talked about for so long. Uh, and I'm, I apologize if I say it wrong. For, uh, going to United, uh, Frankie de Jong um, at Barcelona. I mean... Uh, it's taken one. You have to be concerned if you're a Man United fan. It's taken this long. We've been. T- it feels like we've been talking about him for the whole year, and he's still is he's getting there, but he's not signed up. But finally, it looks like they're getting over the line. Man United with their first signing. They spent so much time focusing on this guy. Now I know a little bit about this guy. I know he's got a fantastic touch. Um, but my question to about him as a put in comparison to someone like Nunes, who we think is going to be comfortable in the Premier League. What do you think about this guy settling in? Because obviously there's a lot of rough and tumble. We've got Nottingham Forest and all these kind of guys coming in. Uh, and I always say, obviously, no more Burnley, but a cold winter's night, let's say at Nottingham Forest or even at Fulham. 
your boys are not going to muck about. <laughs> um, is he really going to handle it? Is it going to take him time to adapt? What's your thoughts? No, he won't struggle. Um, he's from Holland, so he's used to cold, uh, cold <laughs> midweek nights playing football. Um, you know, it's not exactly the tropics, is it? <laughs> so, no, he, he's a quality player. Quality he was fantastic player. at Ajax. He was fantastic at Ajax. Um, has not done the business at Barcelona, although there have been flashes of, uh, of what he can do. And I trust him to regain his, uh, his form. I think his form was affected more by um, the, the, the poor season that Barcelona had. It was, mm. it was more a collective issue rather than an individual problem. Um, now, he's a, a skillful player who can play attacking midfield. Uh, but on occasions when Barcelona have needed to during a match, they've put him at centre-half. Mm. So, wow. you know, he can do anything. Uh, yeah. From from mid, the midfield, he can play forward or he can play back into defence. He's a ball winner. He's skillful on the ball. He's a good passer. He can dribble. Um, also, what I think will benefit him is that the manager he will have at Manu if he ends up going there is the same manager he had at Ajax. Yeah, yeah. And we and we know that um, <laughs> the Manchester United manager is trying to steal half of the Ajax team <laughs> that he won the league with, which obviously they're not going to allow happen. I mean, and I, we obviously heard about Louis van, van Gaal. Um, I don't know if it's sour grapes to, telling... Uh, one of the players not to go to United if he's not going to play, which is fair enough. He's a centre-back um, at Timber. And he told him, no, don't go there because you probably won't play. They've got the players. They've got the Maguires and all the rest of them around, blah, blah, blah. So um, it's um, it's an interesting one, how that, that kind of the pull and, and, uh, and push back from Ajax and other people around the Dutch league as well. But I agree with you. Listen, I agree with you. I just wanted to know your thoughts of the young... I think is going to be an absolutely fantastic addition to the Premier League. How do you think he's going to improve them to the point where they can get to the top four, five, maybe Man United? I know they've got some work to do. Uh, it all depends on what Ten Hag does. Uh, it, it's it's down to the coach, I think, because you can't really say United haven't got the players. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, for some reason, uh, Rashford has been out of form. So many things have affected Man U uh, in the last season. Uh, and and uh, we've seen quality players drop in standard. Now Ten Hag is going to have to get those players back on form and playing good football. Now, the football that he um, will provide Man U is going to be a good possession, but quick attacking football. Um it's not going to be the slow possession that you see mm. often at Manchester City. It's going to be more direct, but without risking risking losing the ball. Um, he, I think Van de Beek will probably get more yeah. of a look in. He will get more of a look in. Don't forget at Ajax, De Jong and Van de Beek were two of the midfield three. Mm. Of a brilliant midfield three that mm. nearly made it to the Champions League final. Yeah, I remember. I mean, they came to Real Madrid and, and beat them 4-1. Uh, 
at the Bernabeu. Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you never know. If he gets one or two good signings, if he can get players back on form, if he can get the team playing the way he wants them to, mm. then Manchester United will, uh, will be up there. The one um, question mark, I think, will be Cristiano Ronaldo's uh, role. Yeah. Because... Not for sale. Not for sale. Um, I really don't understand why they want to keep him. Because if you want to have a dynamic team that plays quick football and you want a team that plays as a team, then Ronaldo's not your man. That's true. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, all we know, the fact is that the season before Ronaldo arrived, United finished second. Yeah. And with him in the team, despite the goals, which were nowhere near as many as people anticipated, the team struggled and finished, what was it, sixth, seventh? What was it? Yeah, um, I don't even remember. So, so um, you know, you can you can look at the facts and say, well... Um, they maybe, don't lie. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I know no. he's got I know he's got a lot of admirers who will defend him and they'll just look plainly at the goals, but uh statistics do not always tell the truth in football. Hmm. Because what you have to see is um for Cristiano to score the goals that he scores, hmm. um uh, it, he has to detract from his teammates yeah um compare the goals that the the rest of the manchester united squad scored before ronaldo arrive arrived mm. and how many goals they scored with him in the team yeah look at benzema at real madrid mm. yeah uh, he's he, his, his form has flourished and then he's, um, he's well he's going to be the ballon d'or winner yeah isn't he? Yes. Um, so you know, people don't often stop to look at these things, but um, but I think it's important. Yeah, no, I agree with all of that, and I think uh, it's going to be interesting how Man United come together. I see the young, like for us, um, Odegaard brought to Arsenal, brought structure in the middle, almost like that kind of basketball point guard, someone who just directs and pulls the strings and makes things work and more fluid. Whether the people who are bringing the output, i.e. the Ronaldos, as you just said, uh, deliver as another man entirely, but actually giving them structure in the middle of the part. I see the kind of Fred McTominay going on. They just, they're just not good enough. And he will come in with that quality. And I suppose that's why it's taken all of the whole transfer window and some to try and get this guy. Um, he'll bring that to them. He'll bring a natural like a focus because obviously the team will be for the most part built around him. Ronaldo won't like it, but that's the reality of the situation. That's why he's bringing them in. Um, and I think that structure will make a huge difference. Whether he'll get them top four is another man tightly, like he said, because of the Ronaldo factors and the rest of it. Uh, and the, the pure, you know, uh, lack of decision-making by Varane and Harry Maguire, but the actual center of the pitch, he, he, be, it should be quite nice. Uh, on the eye and to watch uh, for everybody, whether you're against or, or with Man United. Also, if I remember rightly, that Ajax team had Tadic as the centre forward, a completely different type of player to Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah. Tadic is a kind of player who will link uh, play and um, and he'll combine and and uh, join in the build-up 
but he'll be there for the finish. Um, Ronaldo, we know he's not that type of player. And, um, you know, uh, he usually only makes runs when he sees that he's got a chance of scoring a goal. Oh, yeah. He thinks he's still in Real Madrid. No matter Walker, he does. And and no one says anything to him. Even the pundits who love him, the the old players who play them, oh, leave him to walk. He's fine. Well, the the, the funny thing is that I... When I see him playing a game and then he makes one run backwards in order to defend one in the game, people will will highlight that and say, oh, you know, he's doing fantastic work. You track him back. (laughs) We've only done it once. (laughs) It is. It is scandalous. Uh, Anyway, we could be on it forever. We could do a Ronaldo show. But look, let's move on. So Rafina, right, this guy is perplexing. He perplexes me like Richarlison, okay? Because um, we're looking at him. I've no idea why. Um, uh, Because we've got... We don't need him. We've got so many quality players. The Sackers, Emil Smith, obviously Odegaard we've talked about, and all the rest of it. Uh, On the wings, Tierney gets injured quite a bit, but I'd rather somebody else than Rafinha. But anyway, that's, that's how I think about it personally. And I've just seen, before we came on air, 50 million... We put we I think we put in a thirty-two million or something like that, uh, maybe less. Uh, but Chelsea, this is the marquee player we were talking about, have put in a bid for fifty million. They haven't even asked for fifty million. They asked for forty million for this guy, and they are putting a bid for fifty million to get over line. Obviously, Arsenal got back back off, right? Chelsea going to get their man. No, fifty million is a ridiculous amount to pay for a Leeds player called Rafina. Um, He's he's very direct, but realistically, fifty is he a fifty million player for you? Um, I think he has to prove himself. Uh, he looks the business. He looks really good. He's quick. He can dribble. Something that you don't often see in today's game. He can score goals. I saw him playing for Brazil against Uruguay. True that that was a, a shambles of a Uruguayan team, mm. but he looked superb. And he ran us ragged. Um, But as I say, he needs to prove himself. I think potentially he is uh, the kind of player that big clubs will want. But uh, I think to pay 50 million now is a bit risky. It might prove to be a a shrewd signing in in 12 months time. But... um, uh, you know, we have to wait and see. I, I, I would want him in my team, but I'm not sure I would pay 50 million. Yeah. And um, you were saying about Tierney. I, I think, <laughs> I think he might be ending up at Manchester City. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, Tierney's situation is complex because he's injured quite a bit. Uh, and if Man City pay the right money, I'm sure he'll go because. Ultimately, Arsenal are in transition. And I, if I was Tin Alga, he's young enough um, to go and, you know, win a few trophies, you know, uh, and win the league. Arsenal are not going to win the league in the next 10 years. So, whilst I love Tierney, I don't want him to go. I would understand him going. Uh, it's one of those things. It's the, it's the business of football. Um, it would be a bit different if it was someone like Saka, or Emil Smith Rowe, because these guys have been brought up by us. But Tierney's only been with us a couple of years, and he came from Celtic. That's fine. 
Um, we'll see what happens. We might dig in our hills, or if we get if they get Tierney, we'll want something from them. So we'll see what happens. We obviously have a good relationship with them because we're going to talk about the other guy, Jesus. Uh, now, um, everybody's singing his praises, your Arsenal fans, including myself. But you've got a different take on it. So uh, enlighten us all, because I, I personally think he's going to be a fantastic addition. Him and Eddie um, were 10 times better than Lacazette. Aubameyang obviously was off the ball as well. I, 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 I'm trying to understand where your negativity comes from. Um, well, quite simply, that I don't think he's he's that good a player. <laughs> I've been I following him since quite a lot. I'll take that on board. I've been following him since he was at Palmeiras. Okay, and uh, he used to play on the left wing. Then Brazil, uh, the national team, turned him into a centre forward, which I don't think he is. Um, he um, he started well at Manchester City, which is something might happen. At Arsenal, he might knock in two or three goals and people will get very excited, including yourself. <laughs> but I think in the long term, um, he is he, he's just an average player. Um, wow. Average. And he, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so why uh, did Man City want to keep him then if he's average? Well, I don't think they did want to keep him. They said they wanted to keep him. Yeah, one thing is what they say and one another is what they do. <laughs> and the fact is, he's gone. He's Which gone, means, yeah. I yeah, I don't think they wanted him. And also, don't forget, he arrived, he um, he fooled a few people with a few goals, but <laughs> gradually, gradually, he lost his place. He lost his place, and and he he became a, a second string player at Manchester City. Yeah. So um, and, and I think he's our level, put... though. I think don't you think he'll get us fourth? I think he'll help us get fourth. I think I think anything higher than that is unrealistic for Arsenal. But I think for fourth place, well, we know we lost by one point. We had the same amount of wins as Tottenham. We just had more uh, more losses and they had more draws. So um, I think goal-wise, it'll, it'll get us to fourth. I, I don't know about anything else. Uh, fourth is going to be very difficult because Manchester United are going to be better. Tottenham are going to be better than they were last season. Um, we have to wait and see what Newcastle do. Mm. Um I think it's going to be a tough battle. I, I, I wouldn't put my money on anyone for fourth at the moment. Mm. And um, I just don't think he'll score more than 10 goals. Really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I'm going to play this tape back to you as we go <laughs> through the season because I'm telling you now, we are recording. And, <laughs> and anyone who's listening to this or watching this, we're going to uh, ask Carlos about this in due course. 10 goals. I, I- yeah. I think uh, unless he's the penalty taker, if he's if he's the penalty taker, <laughs> if he's a penalty taker, he'll he might get more than ten. Is that your caveat? Uh, yeah, <laughs> but um, but really, I don't think he'll add too much. Okay, all right. Well, well, that remains to be seen. But obviously, there's a there's a million other uh, talk talks we could have about this guy because obviously he's my player. Um, but we should just we won't talk about Dembele or the Spence. But let's just finish. On this story, incredible that Christian Eriksen, we know he's a, is an absolute top-level player, uh, played uh, for various teams, including Tottenham, um, and was at uh, Juventus. And um, look, he was uh, doing, was it Juventus or Inter? It was Juventus, wasn't it? I can't remember. Inter. Inter, Inter? 
it wasn't Inter. i apologize it was Inter he was playing for and uh look he, he was he was good there he, conte didn't fancy him unfortunately but still a top 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 player obviously had the uh instant um where he nearly died uh unfortunately uh at the euros but uh he's recovered uh got the machinery in place in his for his heart and uh incredible incredible we talked about mid-season about brentford maybe it was january i can't remember when it was they they were on a losing run that seemed like they'd fallen off the cliff without a parachute and this guy comes in and somehow straps one on them. <laughs> yeah. This guy single-handedly stopped that team that are up above Fulham on, on the picture. He single-handedly gave these guys back their premiership you know, life. You know, I, I, incredible. He got a draw out of his old team, Tottenham. I mean, this guy is an incredible player, top player. And lo and behold, everybody's after him. No, not everybody, but... Uh, a lot of people after Man United uh, primarily. Brentford obviously wanted to keep him. I think he's clearly said that, you know, he's a bit more ambitious than that because obviously he's played at the top level for a good time. Man United after him. You talk about Tottenham wanted them, even though they haven't really said anything. Um, what, what's your thoughts? Where, what One, where should he go? And, and about this guy in general? He kept Brentford up. I think had he not joined Brentford, I think Brentford would have gone down because their fortunes 100%. changed overnight when he arrived. He started creating goals and scoring goals that were allowing Brentford to win matches. And they, they went on a winning run, which mm, was crazy. totally unexpected. He turned them around completely. Uh, I think he's quality. And I think that great players make players around them better. Mm. And that is what Ericsson does. Therefore, um, I can understand why big clubs want him. They've seen what he can do. Mm. I mean, they already knew, but obviously they had to see if he still had it in him after mm. what happened. Of course. And um, and obviously he he does have it in him. Yeah. Fantastic. Sure. So, um, yeah, I, I think Man United, I mean, he, he played for Ajax as well, funnily enough. So, you know, the IX connection at Man U. Um, so, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I think he would make Manchester United better. Oh, yeah. And that, that speaks volumes of the player. If you mm. can arrive at a club like Manchester United and make it better, then, you know, it says something about your game. Yeah, 100%. I agree. I think he's, um, you know, if, if he goes there, um, I'd rather him go there than Spurs. Uh, for obvious yeah. reasons, but, <laughs> but I but I do think that him and De Jong in the middle, um, well, we know we know what they could potentially do. They could do some damage to a lot of teams, so um, it's going to be great. But look, this is the first episode of of there's so many transfers going on uh, and so many things happening, and it's and it's exciting, exciting that we're nearly at Gen July the first. We've got you know pre-seasons to talk about coming up and lots of transfer news. So uh, thank you for the first edition, Carlos. It's been a pleasure as always. Uh, the pleasure's been mine, and uh, it's been hugely fun as usual. Yeah. And uh, I look forward to our next episode. Yeah, indeed. And like I said, we're going to hold the tape. Ten goals from Jesus. <laughs> we'll hold you to that. 
Trust unless me. he takes penalties. <laughs> unless he takes penalties. <laughs> We're not going to count penalties. We said 10 goals. Okay. okay. All right. You don't forget that. <laughs> oh, dear. There's always, always great chat. Well, look, this is a weekly show. So uh, we'll be back next week. But listen, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter. What do you think about these transfers? We've, we've given our opinion. We're the fans. We love, we love the Premier League. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the matter about all of these players we talked about and, and others. If there's any other thoughts, and let, you know, let us know your thoughts about Ronaldo as well. So, uh, thanks again to Carlos. I'm Mac, and this is the Premier League Football Fans Talk, and we'll see you on the next show.